Father, we thank you, Lord. We bless you, Holy Ghost, for the privilege once again to sit under your feet, to listen to you. Our hearts are open and we want to receive from you, Jesus Christ, pour your life, your word, and your light into us that we will walk therein in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. How are you all doing tonight? I have to thank Pastor Dennis once again and Reverend Sign, all the associates, and all of you for accepting me tonight. Uh, it's always a privilege to be here and to share with you. Um, I am pleased to see all of you really zealously committed to receive the word from God and to walk in it. Um, topic like this, these days, we don't preach in churches um, because we are living in the days that people want to receive rather than to sacrifice. So giving out is a great burden unto many people, but receiving is all what people are looking for. So you see people chasing pastors, chasing prophets, and moving from church to church, not for anything, but to receive something. Hallelujah. But the secret of Christianity, or the secret of resources, is to learn to give out. That is sacrifice. Sacrifice is the mother of all success, the mother of everything that man can receive on earth here. That is sacrifice. And I thank God for a team like this. Once again, the anchor verse, First um, John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love. In fact, that is a very powerful phrase. Um, by this we know love. It, it really personifies love. Like love is somebody you need. By this we know love. It didn't say we know about love or we may... We may have a glimpse of what love is. By this, we know love. And by what? Because he laid down his life for us. Praise the Lord. So how did we see love in action? Somebody sacrificing. He laid down his life for us. Amen. All right. And how do we respond to that? And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Praise God. That is sacrifice. You see, so sacrifice, as we saw yesterday, Jesus Christ, his motivation, that which compelled him to go to the cross. He saw himself as something that God has prepared to change the old order that was not working. That is a body God has prepared. He didn't, God didn't like those sacrifices of bulls and others. But he prepared Jesus Christ to come 
In the volume of the book, everything written about him to do the will of God. And what's the will of God? To lay down his life for others. By that, we receive the power to overcome sin. Praise the Lord. The power to overcome the devil. These are the two deadly things that are worrying men. The, the powerful tool the enemy uses to overcome people is sin. And so if by the sacrifice of Jesus we receive power to overcome the devil and sin, then we are gone. We win the battle straight. Hallelujah. The problem is people want to live in their old life and still overcome the devil. It's not possible. The moment we succumb to the pleasures of the old life, we give in to the attack of the enemy. We lose the strength. So sacrifice therefore means to set aside or holy. In fact, sacrifice is almost like consecration that or sanctification. You sanctify something. You set it aside. And you use it for a special purpose. That's the sacrifice. And so you sacrifice, sacrificing your life means you set your life apart and use it not for common things, but a special purpose. That is the purpose of God. That's how Jesus Christ saw his life. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the concept is still, I mean, very, very simple. You devote it, that is, you lose it from using it for your own pleasure. And you, you commit it to the things of God, sacrifice. So it is something that really costs you, devoting it for the master's use. It is not anything common. The, 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 the very, um, the nearer illustration of this in Bible is found in Second Samuel chapter 24. When David counted the people and God was angry with him, he gave him three options. When the enemy will beat or overcome them, or they will suffer calamities. Or God himself will judge them. So David chose the option to be judged by God, knowing that at least God is a merciful God. So when the, 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 the spirit of death was moving around, killing people, the Bible says David fell before God and pleaded that God should rather kill him rather than to let the flock suffer. And therefore God said he should go and offer sacrifice. The dead angel was ready with the sword to cross Jerusalem and kill the people. So that place was a field that belonged to Aruna. And the guy said, oh, if you are going to sacrifice to 
stop a plague that is affecting all of us. Why should I sell it to you? Let me give it to you for free, the Jebusite. And he said, look, you don't understand what you are saying. I'm not going to offer any sacrifice to God. That will cost me nothing. So that, that's the sacrifice. Today we want to deal with our response to that which Jesus did. And Jesus Christ understood the sacrifice and he committed himself to do it right. And for us, this is the illustration. Whatever we give to God, either our body, our time, our thoughts, everything, if we are offering it as a sacrifice, it should be something that will cost us. Amen. Uh, you can't offer anything anyhow. So David bought it and offered the sacrifice to stop the wrath of God. Amen. The Bible says Jesus Christ was so generous. He, was, he had everything. And for the sake of you and I, he left everything and he came down to die so that you and I will become rich for God. Amen. So when the eternal God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, uh, stepped into time, he left eternity and he stepped into time, he was saying goodbye to the wealth, splendor, glory, and all that he had with the Father, the master of the galaxies, left it and he came to be born in a very poor man's room, a manger. Praise the Lord. You see, that was something, and even not good for any ordinary person, an inn. Amen. Jesus Christ couldn't get any place to go. And he came down and he was, he started working in his father's business, the carpentry shop of Joseph. That is the kind of sacrifice we are talking about. It's not like he left his splendor and he came to enjoy affluent life on earth here. He did all these things for you and I so that we will be able to respond to sacrifice unto others. Hallelujah. Amen. That which caused Jesus, I mean, uh, Jesus Christ, all of the Good Samaritan was a question somebody asked, wanting to know who his neighbor was. Because Jesus had answered that man should love the Lord God with all his heart, mind, and everything, and his neighbor as himself. So that guy said, well, that is good. I've been loving God. I do all things. Who, therefore, is my neighbor that I will serve? That's an example of sacrifice. So Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan. And in this parable, three characters are seen. The Levites, the one who serve in the temple, that is very religious. 
and he saw somebody in need. Probably somebody who fell among robbers. They wounded him and he was there half dead. And, and the Levites rejected him. He said, look, I cannot waste my time on somebody who is about to die. Their responsibility is so much for me. Let me go. And not only the Levites, a priest too. A priest is more than just a Levite. A Levite, all right, but on a higher level. Who understood the law, knew everything. But he wouldn't want to sacrifice his comfort. And the third character, that's the Samaritan. Somebody naturally who was um, an enemy to the guy who fell into the hand of robbers. The guy who was in need. Praise God. And this Samaritan was a very privileged guy because he was riding on a horse. Lifted in a higher pedestrian. And this man had to leave or descend, come down. The theologians may call it maybe condescending. He came down from his horse and he identified himself with the wounded man. And he lifted that man to the back of his horse. And he took the man to an inn that they should take care of him. And he paid them and promised to pay any other if there is. You see, today if you go to hospital and you can pay, uh, you get proper care. Everywhere, not only in Ghana. Uh, elsewhere, if you go and you are, you are health card, it's, it's very good. And when they check it, they will, they will take you through a lot of tests. So that every... But when they ask you for your health card and you don't have it, somehow you are a burden. And so they will be very... Uh, I'd be reluctant to offer you all the Medicare. And so the man promised that, look, take care of him. Take this down payment. And everything that will come thereafter, I'm ready to pay. So you can know that the kind of care this guy was going to receive. So by that parable, Jesus Christ was telling them, the, who, who a neighbor is and, and, and who a good person is. Amen. So that's the sacrifice we are dealing with tonight. That we will understand and know, praise the Lord, how to sacrifice our convenience, how to sacrifice our comfort, that's very important. Many people wouldn't want to sacrifice their convenience for this one. No, brother, I won't do it. And nothing you say, he won't do it. Many people wouldn't want to sacrifice their comfort. If it is going to eat into my comfort, forget it. But people will always want to enjoy 
That which somebody has sacrificed for them. Christians today should learn some of these parables. So that we will lead life that please God. It is very sad that today people keep offending others. Why? Because we look to ourselves. We don't care about what will happen to the other person. That one is not my business. I mean, God did not command me to do that. Sometimes we begin to use some words that will take care of our conscience so that we can do whatever we want to do. It is serious. Amen. Some people can even say, well, the Bible says we should love our, uh, our enemies and, 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 and uh, as ourselves, our neighbor as ourselves. He didn't say we should love our neighbor and hate ourselves. Nobody will hate, nobody will love his neighbor and hate himself. But the Bible is saying what you want others to do to you, do it first. Amen. So that people will also respond to you. Tonight, we are going to deal with that, that we will learn to be able to uh, sacrifice our comfort a little to take care of other people who need our help. A convert who has come to church and he needs our attention so that the person will stand. All of us, if we were left alone when we became Christians, we may not be where we are today. Probably we will have ended the Christian life somewhere and gone back to the world. Somebody sacrificed his time, his sacrificed his comfort, and took care of you. That is what the Lord is calling on the church to do these days. This is how we will see love, that Jesus sacrificed his life for us. And therefore, we should also sacrifice for other people. Amen. Jesus forsook all the possession, the glory, and everything, and he came down. So on the parable of the good Samaritan, Jesus ended by saying, Who therefore is the enemy of the guy who fell among the robbers? And they responded, the Samaritan, sure. And so it's not about name, it's about what? Action. Amen. That is very, very, very important. Amen. All right, let's move on. One time somebody asked Jesus Christ the question, Master, I want to follow you. Jesus Christ said, it's good, but you should count the cost. Following me costs a lot. I'm not going to charge you anything for that. But listen to this. Foxes, bears have their nests, and foxes also have their homes. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay down his head to rest. We didn't hear about that man again. So probably the guy couldn't take that. So what do you mean, Lord? That I should follow you and where I will sleep. I won't get it. 
Then take your thing. I, 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 I like it just like this. One time too, there was a rich young ruler. Is he a rich young ruler? A young man who was very rich and a ruler of synagogue. A ruler of synagogue also has some, um, some spiritual air around him. In the synagogue, he's the ruler. So he also asked Jesus Christ that what good thing he should do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus Christ said, okay, love the Lord your God, everything. Also, for this one, I've done it from my infancy. The Bible said the Lord loved him because the guy was zealous now. And Jesus said, yeah, it's good, but go sell all your things and give it to the poor. And come and follow me. The Bible said the guy was quiet. He was not happy. Amen. And the guy refused to follow the law. You want to reduce me to the poor people, to the standard of poor people, before I can follow you. Jesus Christ is not saying, if you want to be a good Christian, go sell everything. Sell your house, sell your car, and sell everything. No. That's not what he's trying to say. Amen. What he's saying is, it can cost you everything. Following the Lord can cost you everything. The Lord may not demand that you lose it, but your Christian commitment sometimes may demand that sometimes you may even lose your car. And when you lose your car, what will you do? Will you still follow me? That's the question. That's the question the Lord put to the man. That you price me far above the things that you think you are secured if you have them. The things that give you security. Are you going to renounce all these things and take me as you are all? If you can do that, then you can walk with me. So the man turned his back. But Jesus didn't call him for renegotiation. But probably you could have said, okay, don't sell everything. Share it 50-50. And give 50 out and keep 50 to yourself. Jesus Christ had no time to negotiate for that. Are you understanding me? The principle is simple. If you want to follow me, consider me above all. Amen. And number two, consider the interests of other people. Give it to those in need. See their needs and help them. That is Christianity. That is sacrifice. To be a good disciple of Christ, it involves a lot. There are things you must let go so that you can follow the Lord and please Him. You must give up certain things. 
Sacrificial living is what the Bible calls reasonable service. If, 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 if you want to know a reasonable service or a reasonable lifetime, lifestyle, that's sacrificial living. Hallelujah. That's why Paul pleaded with the people of um, Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech thee, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. You see, Jesus Christ, or Paul, told the church that having known of God, if you read Romans chapter 11, it talks about how the Gentiles, we were not even qualified, we've been grafted into the original stock and then the, the original line. The Israelites have been abandoned a little and so that we, the Gentiles, will be accepted. Darkness in part, so that the Gentiles will be accepted. That's the mercy of God because in the original plans and intent of God, the Gentiles were not part. Amen. You see, that's all, all the Old, Old Testament prophets, all they saw was to see through to the Messiah. But beyond that, they didn't know. That's why Daniel, he gave all the vivid dates up to the Messiah. And for Daniel, as soon as the Messiah comes, the end has come. But he didn't know that Messiah's coming was going to interrupt the program, halt the calendar, and bring in the Gentiles, the time of grace, that you and I will be able to be accepted into the, 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 the vineyard of God. Hallelujah. And become part of the flock. So Paul is saying, based on this message, I am beseeching you that you also voluntarily present yourself. I mean, devote your body, praise the Lord, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. You see, you are alive, but not unto yourself. That's a living sacrifice. But I am alive. Because Old Testament sacrifice, they will kill it, they will burn it whole for the master. But here it's saying that I'm not telling you to go kill yourself. I'm telling you to deny yourself of self-gratification and stay committed to me, to my work, to what I want to accomplish in your life. Sacrifice, 
I devote it unto God. I leave it in His hand. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Amen. What's in my bombing? Yes, I send you. That's why I never what you are saying. Nasia, what you what you are ready. A sacrifice. That I see myself dead to all the physical desires, things I cherish, things I love, things I feel good for myself. I, I, I am crucified to these things. And the life that I live, I don't live for myself. I live for the Lord Jesus Christ who died for me. So in effect, I am responding to the sacrifice he made. And my response is, I am going to live the rest of my life for him. Amen. Amen. Brethren, let us arm ourselves with this. If Christians will know, accept such a lifestyle, there wouldn't be much problem in this world. Because we, we, we want to live to please the master. And therefore, we do everything that will end the praise of the master. And he so said, you don't have to conform to this world. That's part of the sacrifice. But, be that renewed, I mean transformed by the renewal of the mind. As part of our sacrificial living, God expressed us that we transform. That without even saying words, people will look at us and they will give themselves to Christ. And they will give praise to Christ. That, hey, this person, he is living for Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Jesus did it for us, and we can also do it. Amen. God did not spare his son Jesus. He gave him up, and therefore he is also expecting us to respond. Be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind, that ye may know what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You see, not until you begin to lead that sacrificial life, you wouldn't ask, understand the will of God well. Because sometimes you see it as a burden. But the Bible says, as you transform and you live for Christ, you may know progressively. Number one, that hey, living for God, I didn't know that. It's good. Brethren, I tell you, it's good. And at a point you know that it is not only totally good, it's acceptable. And at a point you know you see that it's not only totally good and acceptable, it is the perfect will of God for you. But not until you begin to try, you think you see it as a burden. The church is demanding more. They want us to come to church Sunday. 
and midweeks. Why? And we come to group meetings. And we do this and others. When you were in the world, you were going to pub every evening. From at the close of work, you drive by that joint. And you sit down and begin to waste some money. You never saw it as a burden. Because the devil was telling you, oh, as for this, it's fun. You see, you need to relax, refresh yourself. It was never a burden. But when you come to Christ, and you are told to come to evenings, oh, as for this, and you may solely say, me, they are more than Amen. And how you know, hey, yeah, the part. But I was starting to say, oh, banner, of course, you say, hey, Nasadi, na ye. Na me ni wo. First, you know, Kaudi, me, Kaudi, Pan, Juma, Kiki, Pentem. TV program, you are a man, the Nom, the Amun, called Joint. Amun, called Home TV program. Kiki, Kiki, Kiki. You back on who is Amen. Mema no so afa joint ho. No no so the Guinness BBS in the name. Now ajijia dem na ni sasum na no of a pride. Hallelujah. Or chilling kakran kakra. Akwa ba kumi obedi adanse. Or say what to Praise the Lord. No, it's good. It's acceptable. And it is the perfect will of God for him. Hallelujah. Sacrificing your life for the kingdom purpose is not a burden. It's a pleasure. It's an acceptable lifestyle. And it's the perfect will of God for you. Amen. You see, if you look at what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, how he died, then no sacrifice that you can make is too great. Considering the kind of torture, the suffering and others that he went through. Amen. You see, so Paul said he wants to spend his life for the people of Corinth. That sacrificing life. That he will live, that they will always receive the will of God. And that God will also reward him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus did it. And you and I will have to do it so that the master will bless us. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas 
show that evidence. And Timothy, to the, the, the brethren in Thessalonica, to they willingly, they were, their willingness to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also their own lives. That is Paul. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Hallelujah. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. And, and he also said that Epaphroditus, literally he almost died because of his sacrificial living. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 29 to 30. He said, Epaphroditus literally lay his life on the line for the work of Christ, ministering by sacrificing on their behalf. And Paul said, Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem, because for the work of Christ he came close to death, not regarding his life, to supply what is lacking in your service. Do you understand that? He went to prison and made himself a prisoner so that he could serve Paul. When Paul was in prison, um, literally he was given um, something like a house arrest, allow him to live in the house, but he didn't have liberty to travel around. And Epaphroditus went there. He was serving Paul, and Paul said he literally, literally, he almost died. But he wanted to serve him. Because it was a service the brethren rendered, but they didn't have opportunity to do that. So Epaphroditus decided to go there and do it on behalf of the church. Amen. To serve. How many people did they want to serve others for the sake of Christ? It's a big question. Aquila and Priscilla did the same. In Romans chapter 16, verse 3 and 4. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of Gentiles. Aquila and Priscilla, they risked their necks so that they could serve Paul. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sure. So are you willing to sacrifice for others because of Christ? That's a fundamental question we should ask. And maybe you want to personalize it. Am I willing to die to serve and live for Christ and serving others? It's two things. You live for Christ and you also do what? Serve others. Many people don't have difficulties living for Christ. Doing my morning devotions, going to my church, paying my tithes, give some offerings, and showing up every Sunday morning. People don't have problems with that. But the next thing is serving other people. That's where the question is. Many Christians are selfish. 
It's hard to say that, but it's the truth. That's the reality. Many Christians are selfish. That after church, a brother or sister is sick. Let me pass by, visit her, and pray for her. That's a very difficult thing. I'm hungry. I need to eat. I can't do that. We don't have time for other people. But we have time for ourselves. That's the problem many pastors face. So at the end of the day, the shepherd is always sacrificing, doing all the sacrifice. Somebody said, a matter would die once for the faith. But the shepherd is always dying for the flock. So when we leave the to do all these, we reduce their effectiveness. And the church does not benefit. Amen. Some people will have to hold it and take over and begin to see to the needs of the weak ones. We help them to stand so that they will grow. That is where the sacrifice is calling on us. That sacrifice some of your time for some people. Sacrifice your pleasure or pleasure. And see to it that another person who is in need will also benefit. Sacrifice your money. If your time is so precious, you don't want to... Um, let even one second go. Sacrifice your money. And get somebody who has more time. Give him money. And leave that person to go. And also do the visit for you. You will also be blessed. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ said we should make friends by means of unrighteous mammon. You see, when we talk about sacrificing, Jesus said we should leave everything to follow me. People think that way. Then if you have properties and others, it's not, it's not good because the Bible says you should leave everything. Jesus also said in Matthew, Luke 16, that make friends by means of what? Unrighteous mammon. You know unrighteous mammon, that's money. But you can use it to make friends. Not worldly friendship, but friends in heaven. That is, you will be able to use it to win the people for the kingdom. And, 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 and the Lord will prepare a great reward for you in heaven. Amen. So, anyhow you are, whatever gift, talent, and the possession the Lord has given to you is good. Somebody say, it's good. It depends on how you handle it. How are you using it to sponsor the kingdom? So we sacrifice our lives. We lead our lives for Christ. We make our lives available unto others so that we can also help them to grow in the Lord. Some of us, um, probably by your position in the society. 
when the younger ones see you, they are so inspired. So if you greet them, you shake their hand, that's all they need. It leaves an impression in their lives. And sometimes they even dream about it. When they, are, they see that big man or that great lady touching them and encouraging them. And sometimes if you can do that, it's good. Amen. That's why you, you, don't, you don't have to joke with Maybe because of you, a sister or brother, anytime he sees you, is happy because of where you, where, where you are in life. And so your presence in the church gives encouragement. And when they see you clapping and dancing, oh, everything is gone. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us are important. So let's make sure that we make our lives available for others and we help them. Amen. It's very important. It's very important. So I used to tell my church members, see that every Saturday funeral, going to Kumasi funeral thing, you should limit it and come to church. And let people see you. When they see you, they are happy. And not only that. When I see you, I'm also happy. Every pastor will tell you. If you come, if you come to church, especially those of us who sit in front and we don't see our back, and you don't hear any noise, and you turn your neck and say, empty seats. If you don't take care, the spirit of the pastor will go low. Who am I going to preach to? See, when the church members are somewhere, very soon, the rain season is with us. That's where we see people who can sacrifice. The slightest drizzling. No church. But, when it is raining heavily, we go to work. If you ask them where, ask for work. And man, true, we And now by church, It's also true. You lose your blessings. So, brethren, as we talk about sacrificial life, let me also chip in this thing. That when the rain falls, don't stay at home. I remember one time I went to, uh, beginning of the year, I went to Canada to uh, do my spiritual exercise those days. And I didn't know how severe the snow was. I mean, uh, that was the first time I experienced that in Canada because I had been visiting them in summer. And that, this one was in January. Hey, heavy snow. But they told me, Pastor, we are going to church. He said, are you sure? And so, we are going. He said, that's not done in Dallas. Over there, the slightest leaves. Church closed. 
And so we are going this, in this place, we are used to it. So there's snow. And I went to church and I saw people coming. Coming. Hey! Oh, you people are great. In such a thick snow, they came to church. That is sacrifice. And when you come to Ghana here, the slightest drizzling, no church. Why? It's raining. But the serious thing is, some of those people who do that, they have cars. They can walk into their car, drive through the drizzling, and come to church. Nothing will hurt them. But the excuse is raining. Where is our commitment? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you want to please the Lord, learn these things. Hallelujah. You must sacrifice. Are you living? Are you a living sacrifice? Does your life demonstrate that you are available to be poured out for others? That's a question. Does your life demonstrate that? Are you a living sacrifice? And can you pour down your life for others? Not just, I mean, go and be killed. But lay your life down, your time and everything, and help other person to be strong in the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So every disciple must be prepared to face or pay the cost. The cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. You must be prepared to do that. Amen. When Jesus Christ uh, told Peter, or when Peter told Jesus Christ that he was the Messiah, and Jesus told him about what was going to happen to him. Look at the result. But Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. You see, if you listen to it carefully, it's like Peter is talking to a young boy. He began to rebuke Jesus. That's serious. That, that tells you how serious Peter took that thing. When Jesus Christ told them that the son, the son of Man is going to Jerusalem to be arrested and killed, and he will die, and arose on the third day, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Hey, mm. far be it from you, Lord! This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If any man desire to come after me, let him deny himself. Let him do what? And take up his cross. You see, the first one, you must deny yourself. What is self-denial? You see, people don't understand it. Um, I remember those days when we became born again and 
We were so radical. So we were going to Achaya Mountain, and one of us said, Look, as you go, for, for God to listen to our prayer, let us not take anything. Let's go and lie on the rocks. And as the rocks prick us, the power will come. That's not self-denial. You are just inflicting pain on your body. It's not going to help you. Amen. And another time we wanted to go for a crusade. And another suggestion was, let's do it as the angels did it when they went to Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's go into the village, spend seven days by, before we enter the village. We sleep there so that the power will come. And on the seventh day, we enter into the village and take them by storm. That is not what God is asking for. If we had done that, probably at the night, maybe a snake will bite some of us and we will have been dead and gone for a long time. That is not wisdom. What we are talking about self-denial is depriving yourself certain things so that you will be able to please God by serving Him and other people. It is not just killing yourself. Wisdom wouldn't tell you to do that. Amen. So the Bible says, deny yourself. Take your cross. Every one of us will have to carry his or her own cross. People, people, things that people will talk against. That people will criticize you for. That people will spite you for. That people will really label you for. I mean, take pleasure in that. Let people know that you have taken the decision for the master. And you are a Christian. You've declared your son that I am a Christian. I am not just church member. I am a serious Christian. Hallelujah. Whoever deserves to save his life will lose it. That's the ultimate paradox. If you want to save your life, you will lose it. Amen. It's a paradox. Let me tell you, the worldly people will tell you, if you, want to, if you really want to lose your life, don't save it. The worldly people want to protect themselves. But the principle of God is opposite. If you want to save your life, you will lose it. If you lose your life, you will save it. Hallelujah. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will man give in exchange for his soul? And Jesus concluded by saying, The Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his work. Amen. Amen. All right. So, what we are saying here is, sacrificial living is rewarding. It is not just living a life anyhow. 
the Lord will reward you for that. Amen. So how do we do it? We live our lives for Christ and we live our lives for other people. We spend time to help others. We spend time to talk to others. We spend time to identify with others. We spend time. You see, the politicians, they know it. You see, politicians, this is a, a, a political year anyway, election year. And you see the politicians, they begin to interact with people. They will shake your hands. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, is everything good? Sometimes they will come to your house and knock. And you see a whole big man coming to greet you. Oh, so where did I sleep today? The politician wants a vote. So he begins to sacrifice. Sometimes even they, they, they try, they pretend that they are eating in public. You see, they take something and eat with the poor people, so that people will know that they are with them. All they do is to just draw closer to people and win their hearts. It is good. That, that, that's wisdom. Because people will have to see them as they are with them. But Christians, what do we do? That's my challenge tonight. That's as Christians, what do we do? Do we have time for people? Let us learn to do that. Praise the Lord. Let us learn to do that. That every person in the church is important. We want to have time for them. We want to have time and interact with them. We want to have time to know their needs and do our best. If prayer we offer, Sometimes beyond the prayer, we dip our hands into our pocket and we dish out something. Sometimes we look into our closet and we pack the things that we are not using. They are still nice. And we pull them out and we give them out to some people. For somebody, when they get this, that's their dream come true. And their commitment will increase. Because somebody has done that. Praise the Lord. It is very, very important. Amen. We must learn to do that. Learn to spend time, see people's needs and help them. One time the Lord laid on my heart to go and give somebody money in those days. And so when I was going, I took an envelope, put the money in and write from God. And I, I hide it somewhere. So I went to his house. We were talking and uh, I slipped it somewhere. I didn't let him see it and left. After what? I was thinking, hey, but if this guy didn't see the envelope and somebody takes it, what is going to happen? That spiritual man, I, I thought the Holy Ghost said I shouldn't let him know. So in the evening service, he came. Praise the Lord. The Lord has done some wonderful thing today. I was praying. I didn't have anything on me. You see, brethren, what the Lord did today is marvelous. 
An angel himself came to my room and put an envelope under my table. And the Lord told me to look to the envelope. And when I pick it, lo and behold, money. A whole angel, I was sitting down and laughing. So I'm the angel. Praise the Lord. Anyway, it was a gratifying moment for me because at least I have had somebody to experience visitation. Amen. You can be an angel to somebody for the show of love. That is all Christianity is. And that is all the Good Friday we talk about. Why is that Friday good? Somebody died. And he made us good. Something in you must go down. And put a smile in the face of somebody. I intentionally want to hammer this place very well. I know living for Christ is not so difficult for many good Christians. That I will go to church, I will pray, and then lead a sanctified life. I, I, I pray that God will give me strength to live for him. It's not too difficult for a very good Christian to do that. It's not too difficult. But the most difficult aspect is stretching it to others. And, and the serious thing is, those on the other side, the unbelievers, it's not too difficult to others, but it's difficult for them to surrender to Christ. So we who have surrendered to Christ, let us look into other people and help them. Invest ourselves in them. After all, what are we looking for in this world? All we are looking for is to see the kingdom expand. It's to see other people grounded in the Lord. It's to see the young ones coming up. It's to see them witnessing for Christ. It's to see them appreciating the love of Christ. That is what we are looking for. And that is what gives us fulfillment. All the prayers, pastors are praying and watching and doing all, just to see the church flourishing and the members growing in the Lord. Extending it to other people. That is what is looking for us. Jesus Christ came to die. This is love. That he laid down his life for us. So that we can also lay down our life for other people. For by this, all may know that ye are my disciples. If you love one another. Amen. We are not looking for anything as Christians. Our joy, our fulfillment and everything is the kingdom moving forward. Kingdom going forward. Expanding. Touching people's lives. Making people fulfill. Let people experience the love. For so many people, the love of Christ they will experience in this life, apart from the cross and accepting Christ, 
the visible demonstration of his life is with you. Stretching out your hand to touch them. That alone will change your life. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Who did not hold on to the dignity and everything? He did not consider equality with God as something grasping unto. I'm not going to hold on to it. But he left it all and came down. That is the mindset we should have and govern our lives with. If we can do that. We shouldn't hold on to what we have. We must release to touch other people. What are you doing? Tonight, that is a challenge. I want to leave you here. You live here tonight determined to not only pleasing the Lord, but also helping other people. Let us do it together and see how the kingdom will spread and expand. Hallelujah. Let us not govern our lives with that selfish lifestyle. You see, those days, it wasn't so here in Ghana. But now, the Western lifestyle is eating into our lives. The Western individualism. You see, they are cherishing our communal living. That's what they cherish. They don't get it. That's why they, they don't want inconvenience. So when the father is 70 uh, or the mother is 70 going and you are becoming a trouble, go to old people's home. They'll go and dump them there. And they are suffering. So when they see Africans, they live with their family. They come to church. Hey, that is good. They cherish. But now we are copying them. We are also becoming individual. Inward looking. What is in for me? What will I gain? Even church. When somebody knows how to play the instrument, and this church, we don't have that problem, but some of us, we have the problem. It's a big problem with us. You see the young men coming around, they take over. If you don't pay us, we are not going to play. Someone who knows how to sing, you see, then they go and take a manager. So when the pastor wants to talk to his church member, you have to go through the manager. But when they need money, they want your auditorium and they take your congregation and they, 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 they sing to them and they take their money and they don't even pay tithe on that. They want some people to sacrifice to them, but they wouldn't sacrifice anything. Church, we should not copy those things. Don't you demand money for anything. You see, everything that you do in the house of God, don't do it for money. Amen. 
If that is your mindset, the Lord cannot bless you. Praise the Lord. Learn to do things for free. Don't listen to those Western lives that they are telling you there's no free lunch. Yes, in their system, there's no free lunch. But when you come to the kingdom, there's sacrificial life. That's the kingdom living. You can't charge for everything. If you are an usher, come to church and clean. Do it with your heart. Don't expect any money. Don't, don't even expect any commendation. You have done it for Christ. And that's it. And if the pastors recognize and they applaud you, that's an, that, that, that's an, an honor unto God. Hallelujah. It's a plus unto you. Dedicate your life to serve in the house. Dedicate your life to serve others. Dedicate your life to see that people are growing. Dedicate your life to see that your gift is working in other people. That is what should be your mindset. Let that mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus' sacrificial life. Tonight, I encourage you to do that. Today I have exceeded my time. Let, let, me, let me close. Hallelujah. So, that is it. We are going to close our eyes and pray. Today I want to pray for one or two people. Let me leave here. Hallelujah. But I want us to go before the Lord. In a solemn mood tonight. Uh, I, I, let us even sit down. Let's, let's sit down. And begin to ponder on it. Ask yourself. Ask yourself, am I living a sacrificial life? Do I live for Christ? Do I live for other people? Or I live for myself? Check your life and begin to ask those questions. What is my commitment to the church? How much do I give to the church with my time? With my talent and with my money, my wealth, my time, my talent, and my treasure. How much do I give to God? Begin to go before the Lord and pray. Just talk to God. you to consecrate your life to the Lord tonight and begin to praise him in the name of Jesus. Tell Lord, Lord, I live my life for you. From this day forward, whatever I do, you will be the first. And I see other people as an extension of your love and let me extend mine to them. I see others as the channel through which I can also demonstrate the love. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be here tonight. You are listening to the message. 
And you can know truly in you that you have not personally accepted Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord. And you want to be a Christian. You want to say, Lord, you are my Lord tonight. I want to give my life to you. That's your prayer and your desire. If that is so, wherever you are, lift up your hands and let me pray with you. I want to accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. Lift up your hand. And I'm going to pray with you so that you accept Jesus. If that is your desire. You just have to lift up your hand and God will bless you. Hallelujah. Beyond that, if you have any sickness, if there's any sickness in your life, you want us to touch you tonight. There's time for you just quickly walk in front here. I'm going to pray with you. The pastor, I need the touch of God. I need that kind of healing. Just quickly come forward. I'm going to pray with you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hand as you come. Pastor, will you please help me out? Lift up your hands. We're going to touch you and believe God to heal you tonight. As we command the sickness to go. Wherever it is, as we touch you, just believe God for the transmission of the power of the Holy Ghost and receive your healing in the name of Jesus. We can pray for them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I lay my hands on him, Lord, and I take control over the Lose your hold through this sickness and be healed in Jesus' name. Loose in Jesus' name. Come on. In the name of Jesus.
I'm praying for all of you. I want you to receive by faith. Whether you brought money or you didn't. After the prayer in the offering, you can add a special offering to it. I just want you to be blessed financially. Another way of touching the heart of God and also releasing your resources for the kingdom. And so, uh, we can call all of you in front. Yes, after the, during the time of offering, add more to it and let the blessing be released in your life. You see, because you want the kingdom to move forward. Lift up your hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I lift up my hands and I speak to the heart of this one. You know how soft the hearts of your people and their desire for the kingdom to move forward. Tonight, we've resolved, Lord Jesus Christ, that we are not going to look into ourselves only, but to the kingdom and others. Let this one, Lord Jesus Christ, be our guiding principle in life. That we will, be, we will help others and release them into the fulfillment of the things of the kingdom. I speak right now. Anything that has been an hindrance in the lives of their people, Lord, resisting thy people to release all. I break that in. And I cause a release of power, a release of favor, financial blessings coming upon thy people, that thy people receive abundantly and support the kingdom and let the kingdom move forward and let the kingdom expand. Let not your people lack anything. I release promotion. I release prosperity. I release protection. I release long life into thy people. Receive it and be blessed abundantly in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank God.